Welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come to discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney with Your Marketing University and our Driving Your Marketing podcast, where the whole point behind this show is I get out there, I get to meet fun, cool, exciting people from all over the world to talk about marketing geeky stuff. And the whole reason is because as small business owners, a lot of times we think that marketing has to be complicated, scary, black magic, voodoo, all that kind of stuff. And I'm here to share with you that it's not. The people that I bring on this show are here to share some of the tidbits, ins and outs, tips, tricks, resources sources and things that we've all done that realize it makes it makes it actually kind of fun and easy and marketing doesn't have to be expensive or hard to do it can actually be a lot of fun if you're like us we have a blast doing it and today i've got an amazingly cool honor to have david newman here he is the author of the amazon number one bestseller do it marketing 77 instant action ideas to boost sales maximize profits and crush your competition. He's been featured in New York Times, Investors Business Daily, Selling Power. Um, he's a blogger on Salesforce.com and Vistage and all kinds of other fun stuff. So David, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey Eli, it's great to be here, thanks. So, so let's start off, tell us a little bit about your history. How did you get started in the whole marketing world of things? Well, <laughs> So I started my entrepreneurial career as a complete and total train wreck. So I came out of the, the corporate world, had a very successful uh, run in corporate America, left that at the end of 2001. January 1st, 2002 was my very first day in business. I went out there as a complete generalist. So I was, uh, had a lot of great success as an internal consultant, internal trainer, internal uh, speak and coach, working with large, um, large technology companies, large professional services firms. And I just figured, hey, I'll just go out and I'll do that on my own. And I, I hit the marketplace with 30 different workshops, 30, three, zero. Any topic, you know, sales, leadership, marketing, uh, basket weave, total grocery bag, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, no niche, no focus, no expertise, no target market, nothing. Everything that you and I now teach and preach is 180 degrees the wrong way to go. That's how I started. <laughs> so I started doing that. It literally took me about three years, three years of mistakes and all the classic entrepreneurial mistakes, overspending on the wrong things, underspending on the wrong things, trusting all the wrong people, nightmare partnerships, you name it. Three years of hitting every brick wall and every dead end, and then I finally got my head screwed on straight. And around 2005, I started to let everything else go and focus exclusively on marketing, sales, and business development for small and solo business owners. And then it hasn't been smooth sailing 100%, but things got much, much, much better once I started to clarify and focus and hone down what I was doing and who I was doing it for. And then I would say in the last three or four years, I've been on this fabulous rocket ride to, uh, to uh, the huge success in a very teeny, tiny little pond. 
That is awesome. And and you like right there you jumped in with some something that I think all of us go through, especially for those of us that that tend to be in like the coaching consulting world, we do jump in as that jack of all trades. And I am very very guilty of it. I'm actually starting to even niche down even further because I realized that I got too far into that. Hey, I can do this and this and this and this and and the the fact that you said you had like 30 different workshops that you were doing oh, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't quite that high i think i was at 10 and i was like yeah no there's way too much out there and i think that as entrepreneurs we have that that struggle where we want to be able to serve everybody and we want to help everybody and, and we don't want to turn down a client especially when we're starting out because you know possibly turning down a client or limiting ourselves means we might be losing money and we're and honestly that's the wrong way to think about it isn't it oh absolutely Absolutely. And it's funny, I say this to my audiences and my, my clients all the time, because the, the fear is, the exact quote that you and I hear all the time is, well, but Eli, if I do that, I'm going to be leaving money on the table. And what I tell my, my audiences when I go out and I speak and I, I give seminars, I say, listen, not only are you not not leaving money on the table. If you do it that way, you're literally blowing money out the window. You're blowing money out the window because it's not the generalists that are making a lot of money. Think about it like a doctor. You know, you go to your general practitioner, oh, my leg hurts, my knee hurts, I've got a cold, I've got pneumonia, right? The generalist is the first point of contact. Then, so, oh my gosh, you've got like this you know, brain tumor, we're going to send you to the brain surgeon. You have this back problem, we're going to send you to the spine specialist. You have this strange stomach problem, we're going to send you to the internist. Mm -hmm. And each one of those experts and each one of those specialists has depth of knowledge, tremendous depth, not a lot of breadth, but tremendous depth. So in my coaching and my programs and my speaking, I always say, listen, here's the goal. The goal is depth with variety. And people, because here's why we go so broad. We go broad, not because we're afraid of leaving money on the table, really. It's because there's a little voice inside our heads going, well, you would be bored. You'd get bored <laughs> if you stuck with the same thing, worked with the same kind of client, did the same kind of work over and over and over again. And, you know, you and I, being the experts and the specialists that we are, my guess is that you're never bored. I know that I am never bored because in that depth, right, when you're one inch wide and you're 10 miles deep, you still have the variety. But the variety goes down to the core, down to the center of the earth. It's not 10 miles wide and one inch deep, and you're not skipping along the surface like a guppy. You're going down deep, right, the deep depths of the ocean where the sharks swim. And so you totally want to swim with the sharks. And the goal is depth with variety. So the whole thing about leaving money on the table and, you know, oh, my gosh, look at all the opportunities that I'll miss if I specialize and I go deep, that's a complete and total myth. Awesome. I love that. And I so love the analogy there. Don't be a guppy. Swim with the sharks. I'm, I'm definitely going to be quoting you on that one because there is, you go. Oh. And that's what we're really talking about. And, you know, you've got so many things that you've got going on your 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 book. Let's talk about the book for a little bit. Where did that come from? What is your you know thoughts and ideas? Because you've got some really fun stuff inside of that. Um, how did that how did that come to be? Well, so so my company name is do it marketing and the books called do it marketing and what I don't tell a lot of people so I'm so glad you asked this question not only is do it marketing about implementation and action but it's also an acronym 
And you know, I'm, I'm not even sure if this is actually written in the book anywhere, but it, it's somewhere deep in my website. The acronym is D-O-I-T, and it's my approach to marketing, which is four steps. First, you have to define. You have to define who you are, who you want to work with. You have to make all those big picture, strategic, foundational decisions. There's the definition step. Then you have to organize. You have to organize your marketing activities, organize your marketing strategies and tactics and initiatives and action steps. Then you have to implement, and the I stands for implement. And the best way I can describe, well, David, you know, this word implementation and execution, these are all very big words. Here's what it means. It means move items from your to-do list onto your calendar. Because if they're not on your calendar, they're never going to get done. And also, if they're not on your calendar, then maybe you haven't defined the action step in verb, noun, date format. And you have these, just these big kind of generic, fuzzy, vague initiatives, and they'll never get done because they can't be calendarized. Mm-hmm. So I stands for implement, and then T stands for track. And the ultimate tracking question, the ultimate accountability question that every entrepreneur, every small business owner, every coach, every consultant, every thought-leading expert can ask themselves is, did I do it? So I said I was going to do this. I said I was going to connect with this prospect. I said I was going to do this on LinkedIn. I said I was going to change that on my website. Did I do it? And it's a simple yes, no, black or white, binary, on or off question. You can't get away from it. You can't escape it. You can't fudge or wiggle your way out of it. Did I do it is the ultimate tracking question. So that's where the whole do it marketing methodology and training and tools and book came from. It's this whole concept around define, organize, implement, and track. I love that. And that is so, so simple, which is great. That's exactly what we're looking for is stuff that, that realizes, you know, this doesn't have to be complicated. And, you know, you started with, with just defining who are you and who do you want to work with? And I think that that's a step that a lot of people end up missing out to, on because they don't know. They haven't stopped to taking it out. You know, that worst case scenario, we kind of, we've already talked about this in that generalist mindset of, well, well, my products can help everybody. And, you know, for for me, as in, and you're the same way, our services, our knowledge, the information that we can help people with. Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked with clients, everything from coffee shop owners to tanning salons to coaches to um, sales trainers and everything in between. But that doesn't mean that they're all great clients for me. And it doesn't mean that all of them are ones that I enjoy working with. And so that's where that defining moment is. You've got to really niche it down to who is it you really want to work with the most and who can you help the most? Because I know from like a sales trainer, I can definitely make a bigger impact than I can on just, you know, on a coffee shop, you know, it's just because of the strategies and what I do and where my knowledge base is. That's where I'm more comfortable and that's where I've got more skills that I can help. And as a whole, do the strategies and the ideas work across the board? Yeah, but a lot of times they just don't work quite the same. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's so funny. I was just filling out one of my one of my colleagues is doing this referral program. And so in in the referral profile that she asked me to fill out, is you know, who are, who are you for and who are you not for? Which I thought that was a brilliant question. So mm-hmm. immediately without giving it a heartbeat of thought, I said I am not for retail. I, I have no retail clients. I don't want retail clients. <laughs> you know, to your point, does the do it marketing methodology and book apply to retail? Well, you 
sort of, but not really. Are there better books and better trainers and better coaches and consultants if you're a, a retail shop owner? Oh, my God, there's a lot better, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot better. So what I put, it, what I put in her form is no, no retail, no restaurant, no hospitality, no industrial, and no distribution. So those are businesses that I know nothing about, and I would never touch with a 10-foot pole. Now, some people say, oh, David, you're leaving money on the table, right? The famous money on the table mm-hmm. line, which you and I are now immune to because we're, no, no, no. It's like the right. kryptonite, right? Put, put the kryptonite away. I said, listen, could I help an industrial client? Yeah, maybe, but would I enjoy it? No. Would they enjoy it? No. You know, do I have a wealth of background and knowledge and war stories and the right names to drop and the right stories to tell in that industry? No. So why don't I focus on my strengths? And if I did, because part of the define process, and this is a great, great little twist on the, what we just said a moment ago, part of the define process is define who you're not and, and define who your clients are not. Mm-hmm. Because frankly, if you don't risk turning some people off, you're never going to turn anybody on. Right. And I love that. That makes so much sense. And it's, you know, I, I preach this all the time and it's so fun. I, I appreciate you being on here because I can guarantee there's at least 10 people listening that are going to say, um, oh yeah, David, David, that was made so much sense. I got to figure out who I'm not for, even though I told them the same thing, at least like, you know, for the last three of years. Course, right? Of you course. You know, because it happens. Uh, sometimes it's just a different voice and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it's like, wow, that is so smart. It's like, dude, I've been telling you this for 10 years. Exactly. So, so thank you for that because, you know, that alone is just going to make my day so much easier. But it is, it's one of those things where we have, it's that contradictory mindset of thinking that we need to be everything for everybody and become the jack of all trades, which we know the definition jack of all trades is master of none. And so by niching it down, that's where we start feel, realizing who we really can, can have the most fun with along with making the most money, which is, you know, the two sides of the coin that we're really looking for. We want to have our our jobs, no matter what it is, our, our business, our entrepreneur endeavors, we want to do something that we have fun with and can make money at. And you really don't want to have that where you can make some money, but you really don't enjoy your clients because that's not really any fun. That's what we call a job, even if it is right. your own job. You know, or you have that other side where you, you're dealing with clients that you love, but you can't really make a whole lot of money. It's like, okay, how can we find those ones that are going to be the best of both worlds? And that's where just sitting down and making this list of who you are, who you're for, and who you're not for. And I love that so much. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about organize. Uh, you know, from that from that standpoint, let's just kind of go down this this whole you know the do it marketing process. Let's talk about that for a bit, since this is a great great topic for everybody to kind of dig right into. Uh, what do you do with the organize side? Well, so organize. I'm a huge believer in verb noun date action planning. I mentioned that before. If you're like, oh, hold on, what what is verb noun date action planning? So, for example, let's say that you go to some conference. And there's some guy there, and he says, oh, you have to get involved in Twitter. Twitter is awesome. I've used Twitter to build my business, and we get all of our leads from Twitter, and it's all about Twitter. And if you're not on Twitter, you're missing out. And, of course, there's all kinds of crazy things wrong with that statement. But let's go with that. And so now you've done your research. You've done some due diligence. You make sure that this really applies to you and your world. 
And so you put on your, you put on your to-do list, you know, get more into Twitter or, or learn more about Twitter. Mm-hmm. Well, learn more about Twitter. That's impossible to move out of the calendar. So there's no way you're going to organize that as part of your, your strategic or tactical uh, you know, uh, game plan because it's never going to happen. So you have to break that down further. Verb, noun, date, action planning means I want to download the Twitter for Business ebook by Monday. Right? So download is the verb. Twitter for Business ebook is the noun. Date is by Monday. Right? I want to install Hootsuite or Tweet Adder or you know some software. You know, or, or even talk to my web guy, talk to my tech guy about what's the best Twitter tool by Wednesday. Right? Decide on the Twitter tool I'm going to use by Friday. Mm-hmm. Right? Decide is the verb. Twitter tool is the noun. By Friday, load my first 100 tweets by Monday. Verb, noun, date, load is the verb, 100 tweets is the noun, by Monday, right? Follow 50 influential people in my industry by Wednesday. Now, you can see how this is starting to pan out. Right. Instead of your to-do list getting longer and longer and longer and longer, once you start organizing things with that verb, noun, date mantra, and everything becomes verb, noun, date, verb, noun, date, verb, noun, date, your to-do list actually starts getting shorter because you're actually moving things from the to-do list onto the calendar and from onto the calendar they're getting done so things are moving from your from your to-do list ultimately onto your done list and you're making forward progress you're making forward momentum so that's what organized means is that you got to move things from your long to-do list that keeps getting longer and longer and longer into verb noun date action planning where things will actually start to get onto the calendar and they will start to get implemented they will start to get done right that is awesome and you know it's so funny because for me um i'm i'm very big into simplify and that's that's one of the things that is is kind of like my little gift is the fact that i can take all these crazy complicated sounding things and go no just do this this and this these three little steps don't worry about the 152 steps that are in the book you know that kind of thing right and you just done exactly the same thing i mean it's like it doesn't matter what it is and this works for marketing most of all but it works for just about anything we do in our lives especially if we want to just get through our to-do list well don't worry about the to-do list sit down and say okay here's that one thing using the verb noun date action plan you know it's really simplify it down get rid of all the complexity and just say okay let me do this one thing this one action and i think when it comes to marketing that tends to be the the thing that holds a lot of people back is that they they get overwhelmed with all the different things that are out there i mean you and i are both in the marketing world so we see all the stuff that's out there and we know what should and shouldn't do and can we do it all no we just don't have time to you know nobody in the world has that much bandwidth available and so you know we have to go through and say okay how can i be great at just two or three things as opposed to okay for a hundred things right you know, so so tell us a little bit about the the next step, the implement. What, what are we going to well, so do from here's taking where people action? get screwed up around implementation? Okay, uh, you know, implementation sounds like the world's simplest concept, right? Mm-hmm. Get busy, get things done, make things happen, push the button, get to work, etc. But here's where we get stuck. In my experience, there's four levels of marketing. There are strategies, there are tactics, there are initiatives, and there are action steps. The only thing you can really implement 
is an action step. So, for example, let's go back to the top level here, and let's go back to our Twitter example. So someone says, oh, you have to get involved in Twitter. Twitter is the next best thing since sliced bread. Okay, wonderful. Well, let's look at what the strategy, and there's only 10 marketing strategies, and I have these in the Do It Marketing book, but the strategy that Twitter falls under is an Internet marketing strategy. Right, so, mm-hmm. so in the overall biggest possible umbrella, where does Twitter fit in? The biggest umbrella that Twitter fits into, it's, it's an internet marketing strategy. And you know, so it really, it, it's, it's a social media tactic, right? Because there's lots of other strategies involved. I mean, I'm sorry, there's lots of other tactics involved in the internet marketing strategy. So email marketing is part of internet. Search engine optimization is part of internet. Pay-per-click is part of internet. Content mm-hmm. marketing and your blog, part of internet. So social media is level two, right? Social media is the tactical level. It's a social media tactic, mm-hmm. as is Facebook, as is LinkedIn, as is Pinterest, as is Instagram, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The initiative would be, right, start generating leads from Twitter, now, the action steps under that would be some of the action steps that I already mentioned. First, you have to have a strategy. Then you have to install some tools. Then you have to load in some content. Then you have to strategically follow people. Then you have to use hashtags the right way. And then you have to start building lists in Twitter. So each of those things is an action step. Now, the reason people get stuck and screwed up in the implementation phase is they look at millions of strategies. And by the way, there's only, only 10 strategies. Uh, but there's 10 strategies. Under that, there could be hundreds of tactics mm-hmm. to implement those 10 strategies. There could be thousands of initiatives, depending on you and your business and your personality and your strengths and your preferences and your audience and your prospect base. So there could be thousands of initiatives, and there could be tens of thousands of action steps. And then people look at all this as if it's the same level of importance and they go, oh, my God, marketing is so hard. Marketing is overwhelming. There's 10,000 things I could do. Well, really, there aren't 10,000 things you can do. It starts with the 10 strategies, and it starts with you choosing two or three of those strategies. It starts with having a handful of tactics that you find easy, effortless, and enjoyable. And that's another main, main point in the Do It Marketing book and the Do It Marketing philosophy mm-hmm. is that you shouldn't do marketing that you hate so, if, for example, if you love speaking, like you and I love to speak, so we're doing this podcast, we do interviews, we do videos, we do all kinds of things, we, we do in-person speaking that leverages our love of speaking. If you love speaking, use speaking strategies. If you love writing, use writing strategies. If you love technology and playing on the computer and getting all geeky, you should use technology strategies. And if you love going out and meeting new people and shaking hands and kissing babies, you should use in-person strategies right. like networking and, and, and you know, joint ventures and affiliates and going out and meeting people at conferences and all those kinds of things. So now you've got a handful, a very small defined handful of two or three master strategies. And just to set the tone, I'll share with you what mine are. My two strategies are internet marketing and speaking. And that is all I do. I don't do any direct mail. I don't do networking. I don't do trade shows. I say no to every other strategy that does not somehow tie into internet or somehow tie into speaking. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that we're doing this podcast and podcasts are distributed online, we're doing both. So we're right. in my sweet spot right now, right? This is fantastic. <laughs> right. If you said, hey, David, let's, let, you know, let, let's go to some conference or you know, let's print up a thousand postcards, I'd be like, no, Eli, that's not really my thing. I don't really do that. So I've chosen my strategies. Then I implement tactics. 
Then we, we track some initiatives. And then every single day when I look at my calendar, I look at my calendar, I've got the action steps that I need that day to implement the initiatives that will fulfill the tactics that will finally result in those strategies being effective. Right. I love that. And that is so awesome because you know, you break it down to where it is much more simple. And for me, it's kind of funny because you're talking about this being a podcast is an internet marketing thing and a speaking thing. And for me, I'm going to add that third level because a lot of times I use this podcast as a way to network with cool people. You know, oh, yes, absolutely right. I, I love it. It's a, it's a three for one special. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so for me, like networking is, is my number one thing. That's what I love doing. And the speaking is a way for me to network too. So they kind of cross over in that aspect. And I like going to the conferences I love it. and things. Absolutely right. And so, you know, when you look at it and you break it down, you know, for me, I've been, because I hit that jack of all trades scenario for so long, I've got all these things out there. And I looked at it for 2015. I was like, you know what? No, we are simplifying things down. And I am actually eliminating a bunch of my courses. I'm breaking it down to here's the things that I do every single day. And there's three or four action steps. That makes my life so much easier. And the funny oh thing gosh. about it, yeah, the great thing about it is, you know, as most entrepreneurs, I have hardcore ADD that kicks in. I have clients who have their thousand and one different things that I can help rile them in, but that keeps my ADD in check because every client has their own scenarios that I help bring them in with. And right. so that's where I can go, okay, I can do these three things, and these three things are my action steps every single day. I don't need to do these 103 things, just the three. And yep. I've been busier in the last two months than I have in I don't even know how long just by doing these three things. Totally. Awesome. I love it. So, so tell us a little bit, you know, we have clients in all sorts of different areas uh, of, of business and... You know, a lot of our clients, a lot of the people that are working with us or listening to the show, a lot of them are consultants, coaches in that kind of area. What would be one of the things that you think somebody should be would be able to implement fairly quickly that may be overlooked, that they're probably not spending enough time with? Well, I think it really goes back to this concept of easy, effortless, and enjoyable. I don't think there's one magic bullet or one set of magic beans or, you know, one, one, because I get this question all the time, and I'm sure you do too. Mm -hmm. They say, well, Eli, if I have a very limited amount of time, what's the one marketing thing that I should do? Or what's the one Mm -hmm. marketing thing I have to do? And I say, I don't know. I don't know, because it depends on a couple of things. Number one, it depends on who your prospects are. It depends on who your prospects are, who your clients are. Uh, you, you, because you could, you know, for example, you, you know, do I have to be on, on Twitter? And my friend Corey Perlman wrote this fabulous book called Social Media Overload. And he says, you know what? The, that's not the question. Uh, Corey says, the question is not should I be on Twitter. The question is, are your prospects on Twitter? If your prospects are on Twitter, then yes, you should be on Twitter. So he has this, you know, 55-year-old dentist comes in, and uh, he specializes in, uh, you know, dental care for for senior citizens and, uh, you know, implants and all kinds of things that older people need Mm -hmm. with their teeth. And uh, he comes up to Corey after one of the seminars, and he goes, so I don't need to be on Twitter, right? And Corey says, well, so your, your audience is, is almost always 55 plus. He goes, yeah. He says, dude, you don't need to be on Twitter. You don't need to be on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you are relieved. You are healed. Go and be productive, right? <laughs> because if, you're, if your audience 
isn't there in that channel, you don't have to be anywhere that your audience isn't. Now, the the flip side of that is you need to be everywhere that your audience is. Mm -hmm. So your prospects, wherever, and it's not where they're looking for consultants or service providers, or it's not where they're looking to buy. It's where they look for answers. So are there people right now somewhere in the world at 2 o'clock in the morning or at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, is someone Googling something right here, right now that you are brilliant at and that you could help them solve that urgent, pervasive, expensive problem? If the answer is yes, there probably is someone Googling for the kind of problem that I solve. My question would then be, are you going to be visible? Are you going to be findable? Do you have a blog, an anchor article, a YouTube video? Do you have some value and some content that they're going to latch onto and say, wow, here's a smart guy or smart gal for hire. I'm not ready to invest right now, but I'm going to follow them. I'm going to go to their website. I'm going to subscribe to their blog. I'm going to subscribe to their email list. I'm going to subscribe to their YouTube channel, whatever it is. You know, my mantra is, as far as what you should be doing with your marketing, it's four words. Offer value, invite engagement. That is it. Offer value, invite engagement. And by the way, invite engagement doesn't mean buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Sometimes invite engagement simply means, right, click here to share, click here to comment, click here to like, Mm -hmm. uh, click here to subscribe, click here to download this profit-rich, really valuable, wonderful ebook or cheat sheet or video series or whatever it might be. So you're simply showing up in their world as a person of value, and you're showing up with some, some useful, valuable, generous resources. Because I think the three R's of marketing, first we give resources, then we build relationship, which develops over time with some trust and, 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 and with some, um, some level of, um, some level of uh, personal connection. And then that leads to reciprocity. So think about that value chain. First, it's resources, right? Here's my blog. Here's some videos. Here's a cheat sheet. Here's some downloads. Here's some things that might be useful to you. Resources. Level two is relationship. Oh, Eli, thank you so much. I listened to the podcast with that crazy David Newman. Man, he was a nut, but you guys talked about some great ideas. Thank you so much for all the great work you do on the podcast. Thank you for all the great valuable content that that you publish. Now they need your help. Now there's a level of reciprocity, and either they'll say, hey, Eli, by the way, now I have a need. Now I have a project. Maybe is this something that you could help me with? Or maybe they'll never be a prospect, but they'll become a rabid fan and a referral source and an influencer and an introducer and an advocate for you. So think about how can you spend your marketing time, not necessarily what platforms or what social media or what channels, but where do you want to be, where are your prospects going to be, and how can you connect with them to offer value and invite engagement? I love that. That is so great. You know, one of the things that I'm always talking to people about is is making sure that you have that engagement first and letting people build that know, like, and trust. I mean, we've, we've heard that phrase. It's been around forever. But a lot of times I think people don't realize what that means, and you just put it in the most – uh, concise ways offer value, invite engagement. And again, the in- engagement isn't necessarily go buy my stuff. It is, you know, hey, check out this book or read this blog post. You know, I was just having a conversation with the coaching client a little bit ago about how we can, sh- she can share more stuff. And the funny thing about it was she's like, I'm looking at this stuff and I feel like I'm, I'm putting too much, there's too much and too much 
pitch and promotion out there and I and I it's just too much and I'm like okay so here's how you fix that and I started sharing with her some of the things and the knowledge that she has that she could just share from a simple little tweet to hey by the way check out this book that I just read I mean as a perfect example I just uh, a couple weeks ago I finished reading Gene Simmons Me Inc and it was an awesome book I had so much fun with it the first thing I did is I wrote a blog post on why I like the book and shared it out with everybody now you know that was that was purely for a fact of hey can I you know add some value this is something that I recommend it had nothing to do with come buy my stuff right yep absolutely mm-hmm. and the, it's great because when you do that it takes the pressure off you know this, that's the funny thing about you know a lot of times I get I get the thing and I and I said this in my intro and I always do is some people think that marketing is like black magic voodoo that kind of stuff and the reason is because they feel like it has to be weird and swarmy and maybe a little sleazy that stereotypical car salesman mindset and yeah. it really doesn't have to be you know for those of us that that this is what we do for you know you and I are in that marketing world we realize it's not about pitching your product it's about helping someone make a decision that's going to be in their best interest and when we yeah. look at it like that, all we're doing is adding value, whether that be, hey, by the way, here's this book that I recommend, or here's this conference or this seminar that I would recommend, or um, hey, by the way, you need to meet David, check out the stuff he's got going on on his blog, or for me, the ability to have you come on this podcast and say, check out this interview I did with David. He shared some great stuff with everybody. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Very cool. So as we're getting get starting to wrap up, I got I got a couple more questions for you. One of them, and, and you mentioned this in the book, is you know a lot of businesses fail because of no differentiation, the the yeah. same old lame old boring stuff. Let's talk about oh, that yeah. for a little bit. How do we differentiate ourselves in today's crazy, overwhelmed world? Well, it's so funny because a lot of people they refuse to become a student of their industry or of their marketplace or even of their prospects. And one of the things that I emphasize is that you it sounds so boring and so mundane, you have to do a competitive scan. And not not just the, when I say competitive scan, people always say, "Oh, you mean my direct competitors?" I mean your direct competitors, I mean your indirect competitors, I mean alternatives to working with you or hiring you or using your products and services. I also mean the two biggest competitors that you'll never even think about. Biggest competitor number one is to do nothing. Biggest competitor number two is to do it yourself. So I always have people do a three-column exercise. Column one, at the top of column one, you write, do nothing. Right? Don't hire Eli, don't hire your company, don't buy your product, don't buy your service, don't buy your program. Column number one, just do nothing. Column number two is do it yourself, because that's what we're competing against. Well, you know, I could have Eli build the website, or I could just build it myself on some cheap do-it-yourself platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could, you know, I could do all this marketing work with David, or I could just buy a couple books and do the marketing stuff myself. So do-it-yourself is column number two. And then the third column is hire us. Hire us or work with me, depending on if your business is an us or a me. Mm-hmm. Now, this is like the Consumer Reports checklist. Right. Anytime you see a product comparison, the, the, the cheap product on the left, that's got like two or three little green check marks. 
and then most of it's red X's. In the middle column, maybe half of it is green check marks and half of it is red X's. And then hire me or work with us, it's all green check marks. Now, the good news is if you create one of these for your business, you write the test. So if you write the test, you are much more likely to get an A. And now when you're having a marketing conversation or a sales conversation, you can even put this on your website. If you're really brave, you can put this on your website and say, by the way, in case you're thinking of not doing anything, in case you're thinking of doing this yourself, we put this little handy-dandy comparison chart together mm -hmm. for you. And it needs to be real, uh, tangible uh, criteria that matter to the client. So if you're doing, let's say it's marketing or marketing or sales or coaching or consulting, right? You, you say, well, here's what your team is going to look like. Here's what you as a leader is going to look like. Here's what's going to happen to your sales goals. Here's what's going to happen to your marketing. Here, here's what's going to happen to your, your, you know, your technology. You're going to fall behind. It's going to be old, outdated, broken, clumsy, clunky. You're going to spend a lot more on maintenance and heartaches and headaches. Do it yourself? Well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe some things are okay. But then on the bottom half of that grid, you're going to miss out on this. You're gonna not going to have that. You're going to be underperforming. You're going to be, uh, you know, just bad things will happen, either bad things or lack, lack mm -hmm. of good things, right? And then the third column, it's everything is going to be fantastic, right? All the good things are going to go up. All the bad things are going to go down. So profit goes up, revenue goes up, success goes up, uh, shrinkage goes down, downtime goes down, turnover goes down, all the bad things go down, all the good things go up. Now, you have to base this in reality. This can't be smoke and mirrors and wishful thinking. This is based on you and your client and customer experience. So it needs to be, it needs to be narrative truth. You know, it doesn't have to be, uh, um, uh, what's the word, uh, scientifically proven, but it needs to be logical narrative typically this happens mm -hmm. when you do it yourself typically this happens when you do nothing and typically this happens when you work with us and this is such a powerful powerful document and if, if you ne never even have to publish it you know why it's a powerful document because now you have the sales vocabulary to go out to the marketplace and be an articulate messenger of this message so even if you never publish or never post this three-column diagram, I highly recommend you do it because it'll make you a better, more confident salesperson. Wow. Okay. So, you know, normally as I start wrapping up, I always say, what's that one action step everybody should do right now? I'm not going to ask it because you just said it. You just said what That's everybody it, should be doing. You got it. That's <laughs> the one action step you can do immediately to generate results. Yeah, because... You know, here's the deal is a lot of times we're always looking for that, that action step that is a, you know, go sign up for Twitter or go start Facebook ads or what, you know, whatever they are. You know, for me, I, a lot of times I'll tell people, you know, go network more, make more connections. But here's the thing is that this is going back to the foundations. These are the things that you really kind of have to have in place in order to make any of those other things work. And right. so this was a great, great exercise. So for everybody that is, that is listening in, sit down and do your three-column analysis. And if you need to go back and listen to this section you know, two or three times, I would highly recommend it because I think you're going to get a ton out of it if you just take that one action step. Yeah. Awesome. So, so David, this has been a pleasure. Is there, is there any final thoughts, thoughts and ideas that you'd like to share with anybody before we start wrapping up? And of course, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that you give everybody your links to your website and all that kind of stuff after we're finished up. But any last final thoughts before we do that? 
Well, the only final thought, and again, this is part of the whole do-it marketing philosophy and the do-it marketing mentality, is that you, know, you listen to all these great ideas, not just in this podcast with Eli, but in all of Eli's podcasts. You're like, oh, this guy is so smart. He's got all these great ideas. The ideas will not make you money. It's the ideas that you implement that will make you money. So yes, you, know, you listen to all of Eli's fabulous interviews and podcasts, but from each one, Pick one or two ideas that you are going to implement, that you commit to implement on your calendar in verb, noun, date format, and then you can send Eli the checks when you start seeing the results. Awesome. That, I love it. Makes so much sense, and it is so, so true. So, David, thank you so much for joining me today. How can people get a hold of you? Well, there's a ton of free resources on the website, which is doitmarketing.com. And if people have the book or they end up buying the book, there's a whole bunch of companion tools and resources and downloads at doitmarketing.com slash book. Awesome. And we will definitely be, sh- be linking to all this stuff on the show notes. Um, and of course, uh, David is in the social media world. Connect with him there. Um, that's how he and I got connected, actually. It was because he posted something and I thought it sounded cool. And so I, I started communicating with him. And so, David, thank you so much. This was a ton of amazingly cool information. Um, as we start wrapping up, for everybody listening in, do me a favor. Um, get out there, you know, implement this stuff. Do the three-column analysis. It's going to make a world of difference for you. And for us, do us a favor. Go to iTunes. Just do a quick little review. What did you think of this show? I'd love to hear your thoughts, your idea, and feedback. And, of course, um, you know, those are the type of things that help us get in front of more people and share this episode with more people as well. Um, and, David, again, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been my pleasure to hang with you today. And for me, if there's anything that I can do to help you out, always know I'm here for you. Just reach out and let me know anytime. Guaranteed will do. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thank you, everybody. Get out there. Have an amazing Rockstar Week as always, and we'll see you on the next show. Take care. Hey there. This is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.